Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Newton here at the Cups and Cakes Network. I'm really excited to share an interview that I did with Marlena Moore back in August. Uh, we were actually supposed to chat at the end of March when her latest record came out, Pay Attention, Be Amazed, but uh, Quarantine had other plans. We talk about how that kind of changed the release of the record. Uh, we talk about uh, her working with Chad Van Galen in Calgary to uh, produce the record. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think this episode marks the first time that uh, Edmonton Pizzeria Sepp's Pizza enters the Inside the Artist Studio canon. Uh, although you'll hear a lot about that, I'm sure, in future episodes. Uh, as always, quick disclaimer, uh, there might be some language or uh, other adult subject matter, so uh, viewer beware. And as always, you can find other episodes of this show, as well as other audio, video, and written content on the Cups and Cakes Network website over at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Um, yes, hello, I'm Marlena Moore. I'm a singer-songwriter from Edmonton, Alberta, currently um, uh, in isolating in Calgary. So we'll just kind of jump right into the rapid-fire part of things here. It's 15 or so questions. Uh, don't sure. worry about answering them too, too quickly, but uh, yeah, okay. here we go. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, most surprising new quarantine hobby? Ooh, and that's a really good question. Um, I guess as of like, um, like a couple days ago, um, I've been getting into Sudoku. Okay. Uh, I think that's that's been really that's been surprising, just because I kind of like to write myself off as like, oh, I don't like numbers. My brain, no thanks. Um, <laughs> but. It's been really, it's been really good for me. So that's been, and that's something I'd never thought I would be at all interested in. So that's a brand new quarantine hobby that I was not expecting. Do you like 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 puzzles or like things like that? Is is that something you've gotten into before? Generally not. Um, it hasn't really, really interested me mainly because I'm pretty insecure about my intelligence level, especially when it comes to using any sort of. Um, logic or having to sort of, you know, spot things out or dig deep into trivia. So that's been a nice little fun challenge. It's been pretty low pressure and, you know, good to stretch out the brain, so to say. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cake or pie? Mm, Cake. Cake. Dense, dense chocolate cake. Okay, yeah. Like almost kind of like fudge brownie type thing. Almost, yeah. But like... (laughs) you know, not, not sickeningly sweet, like almost kind of salty. Like my mom used to make wacky cake, which is a, like, it's like a, it's like a vegan chocolate cake. And I really like chocolate. Like I like vegan baking a lot just because it kind of has that like nice dense texture. I don't really like, I don't really like fluffy cake at all. And I like pie too, but if I had to pick between, I'd definitely go for cake. Uh, to your coffee. Oh, coffee, coffee definitely. <laughs> I'm I'm really into really into cold brew right now. That's what's been waking me up, and doing okay. a really wonderful job. I have to say, I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like nobody ever says tea, and it's always just caffeine. Like you just need something to like get up and go. 
Yeah, although I have to say every once in a while I like to enjoy like an orange pico uh, with uh, with with milk and sugar. This is like a little weird, you know, dessert blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite pit stop when you're on tour? Mm, favorite pit stop. Um, honestly, uh, touring across Canada, A&W is always a savior to me. Just getting a nice, you know, Beyond Meat burger. Uh, on the road is always uh, always a really wonderful part of the day. Um, and uh, I have to say, when, I'm not sure if it's open anymore. I mean, no venues are open right now, but I think it, this many might have closed. But for whatever reason, in Saskatoon, there was this one venue called Vangeli's. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's essentially like the Garneau Pub of Saskatoon is my understanding. And it's just like, you know, a kind of whatever sort of bar, nice stage, um, but, uh, and just like pub food, but I don't know what it is. They had the best fettuccine Alfredo I've ever had in my entire life. And so I'd always get, (laughs) and you get fed if you're touring band. And so I would get so, so excited to get this fettuccine Alfredo. Um, which is like usually not the choice when you're singing or about to go on stage, just have a giant plate of pasta. But I love pasta very much. I love all kinds, um, <laughs> from bad to very good. So, I <laughs> so that was always a favorite of mine, which is in terms of driving, just like A&W was the oh, best. Yeah. You'll be pleased to know that Vangelis is still open. If it's got a different name now, it's the black cat. But uh, oh, they, okay. they actually well, we'll put a see. whole new kitchen in, too. So Oh, no. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, radio or podcasts? Mm, I have a fondness for hit radio stations. You know, I like to listen to just... I like to be fed the hits of the, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, and now, so to speak. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I, have a, I have a deep fondness for, for podcasts. Um, it's, a really, it's a really good way to learn in a really relaxing kind of way where you're not. It's, you know, you can just do other things. And I'm someone where I do, I kind of like having media going on at all times, even though that's probably not the healthiest thing to have so podcasts for me are always (laughs) yeah i do love podcasts i feel like yeah podcasts are much more to like a solitary thing i feel like whenever i listen to the radio Mm -hmm. it's like in the car driving around um exactly versus podcasts are like yeah you gotta do the dishes so you throw some headphones exactly yeah no, totally. Yeah, and I love when you're when you're able to you know learn something and make it fun. But then also just kind of like being around, um, just like hearing people have conversations is also kind of weirdly nice as well. Like when you listen to certain comedy podcasts and it's just you get a group of people together that are funny and are just able to banter pretty easily. Like, ugh, like that's a I feel like that's kind of my ASMR is just like chatter. <laughs> comedic chatter (laughs) i would imagine especially those things are good now when there's not always a ton of people to actually talk to (laughs) exactly exactly a first car you ever had i've never had a car i don't know how to drive oh okay um oh that's been one that's been one quarantine thing is my partner has been teaching me how to drive and drive standard um we've come a long way i would i was able to um, drive to Edmonton and back in one piece. 
Um, when we started off, I put the car in gear and I screamed and had to press on the brake immediately. So <laughs> it was com- uh, it was completely fear based. Like, and I'm honestly really lucky that I've been able to tour while not having a license there's quite a few people who are able to do that and it's kind of it's kind of confounding to be honest you think that would be a big thing but no it's just been it's just been fear so i'm i'm getting over that fear slowly but surely which has been really good i think it was uh, i had talked to jennifer castle a while ago and she had talked about touring on the bus all the time because when oh, she's yeah. playing solo you can just kind of take the bus pretty much everywhere although i guess that's maybe not uh, a thing you can do anymore but not at the moment. Not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weirdest job you ever had? Weirdest job? Mm, one of my first jobs ever um, was when, I don't know, I was like 17 or something. had very, very little job experience. And I was like, okay, I'm sick of not having money. I need to find something. But it was pretty slim pickings, especially like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're just like, uh, I don't know. And you're like maybe, and maybe an older teenager too. So you're like, I don't want to work at like, oh, like McDonald's or anything. <laughs> like ideally, like I'm not yeah, yeah. against that at all. But like, you know, you know that mentality when you're like a teenager and you're like, I want to find like a cooler job. And so my quote unquote cool job that I found, or like the only place it would take me is that it was like an on call, um, like, like hostess for a continental breakfast in downtown at this like downtown uh, hotel in Edmonton. And it was like, it was just a very sad, weird scene. Um, and, and again, all of my shifts were on call. Yeah. That's wild. so I never worked a shift there. I just worked training shifts. So I'd literally get a call at like eight in the morning being like, Hey, I sort of feel weird. Can you work for me? I'm like, no, I don't want to man. <laughs> <laughs> and so that just did not last at all. So I think that was pretty weird. Yeah. No kidding. I couldn't yeah. imagine just being on call. Like, all the time for yeah. wage <laughs> well and also like for something that you have to go into like first thing in the morning and you're finding out like literally the morning of <laughs> like oh, no yeah. yeah no kidding mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. favorite local bite to eat mm. can throw out some oh, edmonton things or some calgary yes. things here i'll throw out Edmonton things here for sure. I love food a lot. Um, if I want to go somewhere a little bit fancier, I really, again, I love pasta. Uccellino is probably my favorite. Um, I had really, really amazing Ethiopian uh, back in uh, December. That was, uh, I think it's Betty Africa, which is just right beside the aviary. It was so, so, so good. Lots of, uh, yeah, I think... Um, I think lots of vegetarian options too, which was really nice. Um, and oh golly, what else? Oh, there's so much good food in Edmonton. I can't, it's, it's hard to just pick. Um, and then, oh, I had Sep's pizza recently and that was pretty, that was pretty amazing. I gotta say that was pretty, pretty tasty, but I, yeah. It, it's funny now since, uh, cause I only started, uh, cause we kind of, put the podcast on a hiatus for covid Mm -hmm. stuff 
started interviewing people again mid-June. Um, you were mm-hmm. the third person in a row to mention Sepp's Pizza. <laughs> it's really good, man. Because the thing is, is like I just love pizza places that are not afraid to just go super gooey with the cheese. And I kind of have like, <laughs> I don't think that people should really trust my taste in food a lot of the time just because I kind of like like gross food a lot. And <laughs> this is not to say that Steps is gross. Like it's really good. And everyone I've talked to who's had it has really, really liked it a lot. But it's like, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's just, you know, just go there. Just lay on the grease. It's so good. Um, oh, and also I have to give a shout out to uh, to uh, Trace Cornelis as well, which where it's where I was working right before everything went down. Um, the uh, the Angus Mixtos is a quesadilla. Do yourself a favor, for the love of God. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. I love, I, I, I know I'm listening. Like I, I could probably go on forever about Edmonton food because I would just go on about like takeout forever. And actually <laughs> I went through a really disturbing oodle noodle phase for a long time where I would get it delivered to my apartment, which was literally half a block away. That was, a, <laughs> but it was cold. And I was just like, Oh, and you know, most people are like, oodle noodle is not good. But I'm like, you know what? It, it is, and I like it, so I'll eat it all. You don't have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is secretly my favorite question because I can just kind yeah. of store mm-hmm. stuff to try later. Yeah, there's, totally. There's still just everybody eats at different places, and I don't know half the places people bring up still, so it's nice. I know. It's kind of wild. There's also like parts of Edmonton where I'm just like, this isn't Edmonton? Like, never even been to this Right, yeah. It's like going to a different town because it's just so spread out. If you could open for anyone, who would you pick to open for? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Hmm. Um, I've definitely, oh man, so much pressure. Because in my mind, I almost try to like go realistic, but it's also kind of not realistic. But if I could pick anyone, oh man. Oh God, that's so hard. Um. <laughs> Because, yeah, there's just like anybody. I'd be like, yes, take me. I'll do <laughs> whatever. Um, but I, oh, oh, I know. I would I would want to open for the breeders 100%. There we go. Oh, That's cool. the answer. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Just to be, just to be in the presence of, of Kim Deal would be the, the, the biggest honor of my lifetime, probably theoretically in, in the fantasy world. The other thing too, is that they're actually really good about like getting local openers as well, like for their huge, huge concerts. Like it's such a crazy, it's a crazy, like I remember, um, the Pixies had like a notorious tour, like a quite a few years ago. And actually Chad told me that was his first show he ever played was like opening for the Pixies in Calgary. Because he was a busker, but he somehow like knew the promoter or whatever. So that was Chad oh, Gatlin's like first show he ever played. <laughs> I know. Who can say that? Jeez. Do you have a quarantine theme song? Um, you know, lately it's kind of been 
uh, Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Oh, yeah. And I don't love Don Henley, but I do love the hits, as I said before. And that's a pretty good song. And it's just so, like, nostalgic, and especially about, like, the lyrics kind of tying into sort of being robbed of summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so I was, you know, just running around this trail. Um we where I'm at right now, I'm really close to like a really nice nature trail, which is oh cool, which has been really, really sweet, I have to say. I mean, my situation is pretty like in terms of like lockdown, it kind of it sucks for pretty much everyone, but it's a pretty nice situation. But anyways, yeah, listening to that song and just like running epically was really, really nice. So yeah, I would say I relate to that one pretty hard. <laughs> 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 uh, if you could put together a fantasy kind of lineup for a show, just like any three bands, give yourself a ticket to it. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, who would they be? Um, well, I'm going to say the Breeders again. <laughs> um, honestly, for real. Um, I'm also going to say uh Havaya Mighty too because that was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life and I would love to see her again. Yeah. It was wild. I remember seeing her in Toronto and just like being so blown away. And the other thing too is that I got kind of taken to this concert. I had I'd never really heard of her before. I'd never like I had no idea what I was what to expect and it was just totally jaw dropping. And it's funny too cuz she's like try to get people to dance and I'm like I can't. I like <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop looking. Um and then um and then probably mm, and then I would bring back um Adam Yauk from the dead and see the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I feel like that could re- I feel like that could be kind of tied together in a nice way. So that'd be a pretty wild bill. That would be a great require, It would require some resurrection, which, you know, <laughs> would be maybe not ideal, but if, you yeah. know, in a perfect world. <laughs> uh, candy, chips, or chocolate? Mmm. Dang. Oh, man. Well, okay. I... Probably because I get kind of more of a salt tooth these days than sweet. I guess I'd probably go for chips. Um, But you know how when you go to the like convenience store, you kind of have your things that you get in the different categories. So it'd be like Bueno Bar, Smart Food Popcorn, and Starburst for all three categories. Um, (laughs) But if I had to, yeah, if I had to pick probably, yeah, chips. Chips are where it's at. They're awesome. Nothing against candy and chocolate. What are like the top chip flavors? What are what are the ones you go for? Mm, 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 mm. I recently got introduced to Honey Dijon kettle chips. Okay, and those were those were those are unbelievable. They're so so good. Like little sweet, little peppery, um, you know, salty, which is always good. But yeah, and then also they're kind of like fancy because they're kettle chips uh (laughs) so i always like to get into that i also really i love all dress chips ruffles all dress though there's like just it's just the classic like like pinnacle like canadian chips (laughs) so good i was gonna say those are only in canada right 
They are. No one's like all dressed is not a flavor anywhere else. Yeah, the U.S. has our- garbage chip flavors. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, ketchup. What are what are we thinking? But it's yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, is is there an album that spurred your love of music? Mm. Well, I think that. The thing that really, really drove it was, and I kind of made a vow with myself to not talk about this album publicly anymore because I kind of got burnt by it a little bit. But the White Album um, was the biggest, it was the biggest album for me ever. But then there's always been like little ones that have kind of given it like that little nudge. An early one I remember is me and my mom would listen to Surfacing by Sarah McLaughlin in the car constantly. Oh, yeah. And even now, if I hear anything off that record, I'm like, damn, Sarah, killing <laughs> it, girl. This is the best. Um, and then really, really recently, my go-to album has been Can't Buy a Thrill by Steely Dan. I've never really gotten into Steely Dan before. It is the it's like the best music of all time. Maybe. I mean, that's kind of crazy to say, but like, (laughs) damn, it's just hit. That album is just hit after hit after hit. And then, um, I know one that actually, um, had a big influence on me and, and cast like where's we went on this tour in 2016 together. We just had CDs. And so we would listen to last splash by the breeders like on repeat. Yeah constantly and i think that definitely had a big influence but the thing that's cool about that is when you're listening to the breeders you can definitely hear how much kim deal like just loves classic rock as well and so i like i kind of like that she was she just kind of went there with that you know but then kind of making it weird in her own thing yeah so yeah yeah a uh, very last question then on the rapid fire side of things. Uh, do you have any uh, kind of local bands that you want to shout out, tell people to check out? Oh, golly. Well, um, I am a bit of an old lady now, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel un- embarrassingly out of touch with all of like the new hot bands coming out of Edmonton. I obviously... Um, always need to shout out wares but everyone loves wares so so much she's a she's a treasure um yeah, to yeah. edmonton and she has been killing it with this new record of hers so just like snaps for Cass and snaps for the rest of wares obviously um aladdin my dear darling dean uh who plays bass for me um he has also been just totally killing it he has a new video out that's so cool and trippy oh yeah um yeah and then golly other than that oh man this is so embarrassing i'm like doing edmonton so wrong right now but uh (laughs) (laughs) and the thing that's really hard is that it's also kind of like well it's not like i can see any like sweet bills for any shows or anything right now to kind of like know what's going on right um So that is also kind of silly as well. But Edmonton has always really amazed me with everything that's come out of there. So, and I'm sure you probably have a better, like, what about, like, what, like, do you, what about you for me? Is there anyone I should listen to? Like, I feel like that's what I really need to be (laughs) asking right now. Oh, geez. I don't really (laughs) know either. I mean, uh, 
last band I talked to was Bad Buddy, who I feel like you're probably familiar oh, with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're super rad. Emily's that record a, came out. Emily's a beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're really, really fantastic. <laughs> That's wicked. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Edmonton. I failed you <laughs> in terms of recommending more music. But yeah, that's obviously, you know, they're my two very good friends who've played in my band. And while we're on the theme of playing um, of uh, people who I've played in bands with, uh, Cameron O'Neill, my beloved drummer, he released a sweet um, quarantine single a few months ago. Or how many ever months ago that was called Love Will? It's because okay. his boss, who worked at, a, at an Italian shop with, was like, "You need to write a quarantine anthem." So he was like, "Yep, yeah, I'll do it." And he's got a video and everything, and it's really, <laughs> really great. sweet. Yeah. So I'll theme. I guess I brought my. Um, yeah, that's my theme. As people I've, I've played music with, they also make music, and it's all very good. Perfect. Well, that's actually kind of a good segue into the second half of things here. Um, right off the bat, I guess let's just talk a bit about the new record, which came out in end of March, beginning of April. Right mm-hmm, in there? That's right. March 27th. I always forget to say the titles, but pay attention. Be amazed. Um, mm-hmm. Where does, out of curiosity, where'd you pull the title of the record from? I used to go on long wistful walks um as someone in their early 20s would do um and every time i would walk down 109th there was a sign um there was a sign outside of the church that just said pay attention be amazed and i always kind of took that as like i don't know if you're gonna write something as a sign to really like capture people i'm like yeah like that's uh, that can be interpreted in so many different ways. Like if someone's looking for a sign, like that's that's definitely a pretty good one. Yeah. And it's just kind of about like to me that just kind of always meant being able to um, try to find a try to find some sort of interesting perspective that maybe you've never like kind of just digging deeper essentially. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I just thought it was a really cool sentence and it kind of like, I always like it when words look like pleasing together, you know? For sure. Yeah. And so I thought like, Oh, that's a very pleasing group of words strung together in a sentence. So yeah. yeah. And, and when did you actually start kind of like doing the writing for this release? Well, because I can, I definitely can write pretty slow. Um, I was kind of trying to write everything pretty, like right off the bat, like as soon as the last record came out. Right. Um, But you know what happens, like life kind of gets in the way. Oh, yeah. Maybe you aren't able to like write as much in a certain period as other times. Um, And then... Um, but yeah, I was sort of just slowly writing and then kind of realized I was like, okay, it's time. We need to kind of get to work a little bit. And so, but then the other thing at that time as well is that I was kind of like, who records in Edmonton right now? Cause, um, Jesse Northy had gone, yeah. Renee wasn't around. It's like, Oh, the two main dudes that you go to. I'm like, who do I go to? And then I've been kind of hanging out with, uh, um, and I'd be in Calgary to see uh, Chris Dadge, 
every once yeah. in a while and just be like, oh, he seems cool. He records bands. And so I just approached him to do some demos just so I could have like something, you know what I mean? Just like material yeah. and like stuff to work with. Um, and so I had about like six songs kind of ready to go at that point and then just sort of started building off of that and decided I need to get really serious about it. And I actually started a routine of like getting up really, really early before work just so I could write um, because that was when it made the most sense to. Yeah. When I just had like, I was like, well, I'm really exhausted after work and I don't feel like doing anything and it's the literally the only time and I got to do this. So I started doing that, which was actually really rewarding. Um, and then I, um, so songs started kind of developing a little bit more and I was kind of wanting to get into grants and I'm, um, met up with Jesse Northey, who is now a manager and was just like, Hey, and kind of out of nowhere, I was like, I want to see if I can record with Chad. Is that really stupid? <laughs> um, and he's like, no, <laughs> that's a great idea because he's such a lovely, mm, like, positive soul. Yeah. And so he kind of gave me the courage to sort of approach to see if we could kind of make that happen. And it took a lot of work to lock it down, but it was really worth it. And so we just did it. And then thing too, we were just doing a ton of dem demoing, which I had never really done before um, for a record. Like for Gaze, I was just kind of like, hey, I need to release an album. Here are the songs. Let's just record them. And then that'll be just done. And then gotcha. so that's why that album kind of sounds pretty like stripped down. Um, so we were able to like take a lot of time uh, to work on that. And so, yeah, and I was, uh, I was really scared. I was thinking that maybe this was gonna, this is a bad idea. I was getting it over my head, but it was like, for real, the most rewarding creative experience I've ever had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So making the demos then, did you by and large do that with kind of the same crew of musicians then as the actual kind of finished record? Yeah, that's right. So um, Chris Dadge co-produced the final project. Um, and so he was the one I was doing all the demoing with that we were kind of just like bouncing ideas off each other. And then kind of one by one, we slowly started getting like the players in. And so you got um, uh, Monty Scott Monroe to come in and sort of do what he does best, which is everything essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then got... Born uh, Ryan Born to come in and lay down his sweet, beautiful bass lines and just see what we could, just so we were really prepared going in. And so we kind of like built it up and then we would, um, and then we brought the demos to Chad and just see what he um, thought basically. And it was really amazing to watch him react to the demos just because he is so intuitive. Right. Like, and just is immediately like, yep, this needs this and doesn't really question anything too much so that was really that was really cool to watch yeah no kidding mm -hmm. um when when did you actually record then like when did you kind of start in earnest it was pretty much exactly it was almost exactly a year we finished up like exactly a year before the record came out so we recorded from like march um 
Yeah, for two weeks in March of 2019. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I guess then too, like how, how do you actually go about trying to start picking people to record a record with? Because um, I guess no matter what, the people who you pick are really going to inform how the thing sounds. So do you kind of change who you might want to get depending on kind of the group of songs that you're bringing in? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing that made sense for the group that recorded on this last record is simply that they were just all people who had worked with Chad quite a bit. And so it kind of made the process way easier for everybody. It was a much more relaxed environment because of that. Um, and, um, and it was honestly like it was, I knew I wanted to work with dads just because like, our tastes were really similar. I think that's honestly the biggest thing is just like taste, you know, people kind of, you can be a really, really amazing at, um, at, at playing. But if the, if the taste levels don't meet together, it can kind of be a little bit awkward. It can also be really, really amazing and a really good experiment. But for me, I kind of almost wanted to cross certain like you know, sonic things off the bucket list, so to speak. And so I felt like it just, it's just seemed really appropriate to work with people whose taste I meshed with really well. For sure. Um, Because too, as a whole, I I feel like this record is more um, like arranged. They're more, a bit more like lush even than past Mm -hmm. ones. Is is that, Mm -hmm. is that kind of one of the uh, bucket list sounds? Yeah, definitely. Just being able to have the time to really go for it. And like you go into Chad's place and he just has all these like really wild toys and really sweet like keyboards and stuff. So and and when you're working, when you're able to like kind of demo everything so that you have the a really strong like skeleton of the song, you're able to just kind of see like you have time to kind of go well what if we did this onto this or like this and plus you have a bunch of people who are all really creative who are also are able to bring really good ideas to the table um so uh it yeah it just kind of it took off from there how do you know i guess once you've kind of finished working on something by yourself how do you know that it's kind of um the right time to bring people into it well You know, what's interesting is that I've always basically felt like, okay, if I'm able to like play this solo at a show, it's complete and I can bring it to other people. Um, But right now I've been doing um, a bunch of demoing uh, with Scott Monroe and the thing that's been really, or Monty, and what's been really cool about that is being kind of like, hey, I have this riff or like I have this one. I don't even have lyrics for this yet. Like, let's just see where that goes. And that has been really, really cool because it's kind of taken the pressure off a little bit. For sure, um, yeah. And then it's also able to kind of turn into something maybe you didn't think um, you could really write, you know? So it's been... So that's been really, really cool. But but generally before, it's like there's there's definitely been an armor of like, yep, my song is all done. Like, don't need to worry about it, guys. Like, I got it. <laughs> uh, did you find that they like changed quite a bit then this time around? Like between kind of bringing in the quote unquote finished songs and then kind of going through the process of recording them? 
Yeah, I mean, there were certain songs that I definitely had a pretty clear vision in terms of like, you know, vibe or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there were certain ones, like there's this one song, Carve, where I was literally like, um, I it was a total question mark. I was like, I don't know what this song is going to sound like. I just, I literally just had a bass line because it didn't, to me, it didn't really sound, I wasn't sure how I'd like, I wanted to play it on guitar yet. Gotcha. And yeah. then like me and dad were almost thinking like, oh, this could be like a cool like electronic song or something like that. And then Chad immediately was like, oh no, this is like, this is a rock song. Like this is a PJ Harvey, like, you know, you know, super heavy drum. Like this is, this is what it is. I was like, okay, well then that's what it is, I guess. <laughs> and then even too with, uh, with Christmas oranges, um, initially that was going to be like kind of just a rock song, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, a lot of these, um, I, like I kind of, it'd be kind of cool to see what else we'd be able to do with it. And so that's when dad got the idea to just do cellos instead of guitar and kind of make it or, more orchestral, which I had no oh, yeah. idea that's where that would go. Do, do you find it hard to get past any kind of like um, initial disparity, I guess, between what you think it should be versus what somebody else thinks that the song could be? Well, you know what? I um I have to say I've I really worked to get over anything like that. When I was a young songwriter, I was definitely really really stubborn and <laughs> was kind of like really I don't know, I was a little too precious with the things I was writing and you can't do that if you want to make something, you know, if you kind of want to go get past that a little bit. Right. So kind of loosening the reins um, has only, you know, made things way easier. And the thing is too, is like, I know what I don't like. I, you can just hear it and just know like, I don't like that. And so then it's also like working with people who you like and are outgoing and you can just be like, uh, no, but like, <laughs> it's fine. That's the other thing too, is like working with people who are like, you know, professionals, like session people who are not going to get their feelings hurt about right. that kind of stuff right there's no time for that you're just trying to make a good song <laughs> and, and that's like and i and i direct that at myself too where it's kind of like i might have an idea and it might not work even though it's my song that i wrote right and that is totally fine just because like you need to you need to try things out and so i don't know it's really it's really really good to just let go of the reins in terms of like exactly what you want but then just just know just know what you like. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's really simple. You can know you you like or don't like something by just hear, hearing it. Well, uh with that, let's uh let's move on and chat about uh, the song we're going to feature here. Um mm -hmm. Christmas Oranges, I believe, right? That's right. Perfect. Well, uh again, right off the bat, you just want to I guess say a little something about it. Well, um this song is essentially just about um, it's it, it, kind of the, the like inner workings of a relationship. Um, it's called Christmas Oranges because I've always, when you talk about like needs with people in relationship, right. you can also get into a whole like love language thing. So I had this really poorly constructed metaphor, like uh, an analogy or metaphor or whatever yeah. um, about like, you know, wanting to give, um, 
wanting to give love but kind of giving the wrong kind of love or it's just like here i got you all these oranges man aren't they awesome i'm like i don't <laughs> like those but they're i like them and so they're great and so it's kind of it is it's very it's very rambly but that's 10 that's that's how i kind of write in general it's just very it's just a lot of words and a lot of feelings so to speak um and yeah it was uh not uh, scott monroe basically did everything on this song like not quite <laughs> chad definitely did quite a bit and so did dadge yeah. but um this was definitely um the monty show which was really cool to see too i i know like a lot of the stuff you write comes from kind of an autobiographical ish place um mm-hmm. how, how do you approach kind of uh dealing with that or how do you i guess pick um the types of things that you are wanting to pull from your life and, and put into that music well you kind of get the best stuff where you just sort of treat your life like a musical where you're like thinking about something, you got something on the mind, you need to get off your chest. And it's like, what would you talk about if you just needed to break into song at that very moment, essentially? <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it sounds, it's an exhausted thing to say, but um, I mean, it's how I, it's how I process things basically. (laughs) Again, I get very insecure about my, um, about being eloquent talking about certain things. And so, um, it's kind of nice to have songs where you don't have to string together perfectly, you know, amazing sentences that fit in a like tight narrative order, you're just able to kind of spew out words that match the feeling of what you're trying to express. Right. When, when, so when you're working on that kind of stuff, do you um, sit down and think about what it is that you are trying to write? Or is it often that you just kind of come up with something and then you realize kind of what you were writing about somewhere in the process? Oh, it's, it's definitely both. Um, And What's really interesting about um, this one in particular is that I was writing it while I was in a relationship and just kind of being like, oh, it's just about, you know, it's just about having like being boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. And then coming out of that relationship and looking back and being like, oh, my God, like, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's it can be sometimes better to just sort of like let words kind of roll and not question it too much because then you can kind of look back and be like, oh, that's what I was talking about. You know, almost kind of do like right recently I've been kind of getting into sort of trusting what words sound good and different like melodic phrasing right. and not trying too, too hard to tell a narrative. Um, but just kind of like almost trusting your subconscious, so to speak. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, do you listen to Wilco at all? Not too, too much, but Wilco is lovely. Everything I've heard, I've loved very much. I, I know uh, Jeff Tweedy, the lead singer in that band, will talk about doing like mumble tracks where he oh, yeah. just kind of makes sounds and then will translate those into actual words uh, over a period of time. 
Well, do you know what I'm really curious to try? I think I might do this as an, ex- as an experiment um, and just kind of do like a free writing, yeah, sort of like mumble vocal take like into like auto dictation and see what like the phone picks <laughs> up like as a note and just be like, I feel like that could be a really good hack to kind of be like, oh, that's a weird sentence. Like that could work. Oh, you know, I kind of want to, yeah. I kind of want to try that as, a, and as, a, um, as an experiment and see how that, see how that would go. Yeah. And that, and that's the other thing too, is that right now you can just kind of do that because there's nothing else to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a thing you can do to use up some time. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mumbled into my phone and got my phone to translate my own mumbles back to me. That's a great day right there. That's hours of fun. <laughs> well, uh, perfect. That uh, kind of brings us right to the end of the old interview here. Uh, so we're going to play a, uh, Christmas Oranges off the new record, uh, Pay Attention, Be Amazed. Uh, Thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Oh, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Oh
when I got nothing on my mind. Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The feature track was played with permission from Marlena Moore. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song Nothing On My Mind from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.